Welcome to New City Online. I'm Ron, the online pastor here, and whether you stumbled across us on Facebook or YouTube, or a link to this service was sent from a friend or family member, we're glad you're joining us today. Here at New City, we want to be an easy place for you to connect, to feel a part of our church, and to find community. If you'd like to take a step toward connection with us, we want to make it super simple. You can go to the link below, newcity.us connect, fill that form out, and I'll be in touch with you this week. And together, we'll figure out the best next steps for you. I'll also send you a gift in the mail as a way to say thanks. Finally, know that your generosity to the work and ministry of New City makes all this possible. God calls us people to be good stewards of the resources He has trusted to us. And if you're currently partner with us in ministry, we want to say thank you. If you'd like to partner financially with us, you can do so at newcity.us give. But if you're new here, please feel no obligation. Now let's continue to worship together.
Jesus. Father, we exalt your name this morning. Thank you for this beautiful name, this wonderful and powerful name of Jesus. The name that can only break every chain. We believe in this truth and I thank you that we can declare it with our mouths this morning. God, we love you. Help us to have listening ears and an open heart as we listen to this word. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a story Jesus told. It comes from Matthew chapter 24, verses 45 through 51. A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant is evil and thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and he begins beating the other servants, partying, and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever you're tuning in from, whatever time of day it is, a special welcome to you. I'm Rodney, and I'm excited to once again be sharing from God's Word with you today as we continue to look at the stories Jesus told in the Gospel of Matthew. And today, we're going to be taking a look at the parable of the faithful versus the wicked servant. So if you have a copy of the scriptures near you, I invite you to turn now to Matthew chapter number 24. We'll begin at verse 42. For those of you who prefer the digital method, it should also be preloaded for you on the New City app along with the sermon notes. While you're making your way there, let me give you just a bit of context uh, to what's going on here in our passage today. Jesus has now turned his attention from debating and critiquing, challenging the hearts of the religious leaders to his disciples. And his message and aim to them and us is clear. He wants us to know that he will return and that we must be ready. He will return and that we must be ready. Let's start today by looking at verse number 42. It says, therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would have not let his house be broken into. Verse 44, therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So he is returning and we must be ready. Now with this in mind, the question for you and I is, how do we live while we wait? How do we live while we wait? And the answer to that question serves as our bottom line today. Fix your eyes on Jesus and focus on faithfulness. Fix your eyes on Jesus and focus on faithfulness. Now let's look at today's parable in Matthew 24, verse 45 through 51. Who then 
is the faithful and wise servant whom the master whom his master has set over his household to give them food at the proper time blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes verse 47 truly i say to you he will set him over all his possessions but if that wicked servant says to himself my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, as we begin to take a deeper look here at this text, it's important to note that about one out of every 20 verses in the New Testament concerns Christ's return. And Jesus here is calling those who belong to him by faith to watch for him and to be ready. His intention is for people to watch and live as if he could appear at any time. Because guess what? He can. And so with what we just read, we saw two similar scenarios with very different outcomes. Two scenarios with very different outcomes. What we saw is that there were two servants, both whom the master has set over his household. The master is going away, but he promises to return. However, the timing of his return is unknown. The timing is unknown. Now, let's take a look first at the faithful servant. Jesus begins with a question in the first part of verse 45. He says, who then is a faithful and a wise servant? Now, to understand the fullness of what Jesus is saying here, let's grab a couple of these words so we know exactly what Jesus is talking about. The first word I want to take a deeper look at is the word servant. In the Greek word here, this word is doulos, and it actually means slave. It actually means slave. Now, get this, all of us are slaves in one sense or another. Now, I know that might be hard to believe, but, but, but hear me, either we are slaves to the Savior, Jesus Christ, or we're slaves to sin. There really is no in between. And this word here, doulos, is the same word that the Apostle Paul used in Romans chapter 1, to identify himself with respect to his relationship with Christ. Paul also said that as Christians, we are not our own. And remember, this is who Jesus is talking to here. This is his audience. His disciples is his audience. His disciples then and his disciples now. We're his audience. And Paul reminds us that we are not our own, but we were bought with a price. So Jesus uses the same word here because he's the one that has redeemed us. It was his blood, his sacrifice that paid the price for our sins. In other words, we're not talking about hired servants here. We're talking about slaves. And remember, Jesus is using parables to describe what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so as slaves, slaves have, have no rights of their own. Their only duty 
is to be obedient to whom their master is. So Jesus uses the word slave, but he also uses the word faithful. And this word faithful in the Greek is pitos, and it means trustworthy. It means dependable. But I, but I love this part. It refers to persons who show themselves faithful in, watch this, the execution of commands. Persons who, who show themselves faithful in the execution of commands. You might remember that Jesus, Jesus echoed the same sentiment in John 14, 15, when he said, if you love me, you'll do what? You'll keep my commandments. So he says, who then is a faithful and wise servant? Jesus asked a question of fidelity. He asked a question of fidelity. Then he answers the question in the second part of the verse. The answer is the servant who is faithful and wise with the authority and the responsibilities given to them by their master. In other words, they are faithful and wise in whatever assignments they've been given. My question for you is, have you been faithful and wise in the assignments that God has given you? Let's keep looking at our text. The scripture also mentions that the servant not only operates within their responsibilities while the master is present, but the true characterization of faithful is most clearly demonstrated when the master is away. Because it is in the master's absence that the character of the servant is best demonstrated. I remember having a friend years ago uh, named Dwayne, and, and Dwayne's house during the summertime was the happening spot. It was the it spot. But it only became that when his parents went to work. And I remember during the summer, we would spend all day at his house, cutting up, doing all kinds of things that kids would get into only when parents were not around. Because that's how it is, right? When the parent, the teacher, or the boss is out of sight, proper behavior may be out of mind. And so Jesus is preparing his disciples then and his disciples now that, that, that there will be a time when he is not physically present. And even in his absence, there's an expectation of how we should behave, of how we should live our lives. And so the faithful and the wise servant is trustworthy, dependable, and diligent in both his responsibilities and his relationships. And what we learn from this is that readiness is not always passive. This is not as if you and I should just be standing around waiting, watching for Christ to, to return. No, we ought to be active, advancing God's kingdom until his return. So we looked at the faithful servant. Let's take a, take a minute to look at the wicked servant in Matthew 24, verses 48 through 51. What caused the wicked servant's downfall? What caused his downfall? The first thing I want to show you is that he ceased to expect his Lord to return. Now, side note, the scripture says that he said to himself, my master is delayed. 
Now, just for a second, that, that to me, it, it, it goes to show us the importance of what we say to ourselves, doesn't it? What you say to yourself is important. And I want to remind you today that if what you say about yourself doesn't line up with what God has already said about you, you should disregard it. So the, so the wicked servant says, my master is delayed. I mentioned this before, but we see it here again. He had a casual approach to his master's wishes. He had a nonchalant approach. There was no urgency of the gospel and to live a life that is consistent in honoring God and reflecting the kingdom. As I studied this, it, it made me remember a time in my life where I was just like this. A time in my life where I had developed the routine of servanthood. I had developed the routine of, of going to church and, and serving. I had developed that routine, but my life was void of a relationship with God that was rich with the fruit of his presence. Because that's, that's what God wants. That's what, that's what genuine servanthood is. Advancing God's kingdom. And the second thing I want to show you is that he made himself Lord and master. How many times do we do that? In other words, he prioritized his own thoughts and his own desires above the wishes and wants and desires of his master. It's easy for all of us to do that, isn't it? The next thing I want to show you is that he grew absorbed in the pursuits and the passions of this life. In other words, the pursuits and the passions of this life was more important. And if we're not careful, we can look up and our kids, our marriage, our jobs have become more important to us than God. If we're not careful, we can spend more time you know, in our hobbies and doing the things that we enjoy doing than we actually do spending time in the presence of a loving, faithful, and gracious God. Clearly, the wicked servant was opposite from the faithful and the wise servant because he was the one that did not live with the conviction that the master, Jesus, that his return was imminent and that he should prepare now and be ready. Instead, the wicked servant thought about the length of time that his master would be away. And he decided to live for his own benefit rather than the benefit of the household. And we'll talk about this in a minute, but that's, 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 that's God's ultimate purpose for you and I, is that we live for the benefit of not our own desires, but for the benefit of his kingdom. So in a sense, this parable is about the revealing of the true state of a person's heart. Because the heart of the servant is revealed in the master's departure and his delay. I read in a commentary that said this. It said, the most dangerous lie is not there is no God. It is not there is no hell. But the most dangerous lie of the enemy is that there is no hurry. There is no hurry. You and I have to have an urgency to live out and to demonstrate the love, the grace, and the faithfulness 
that we've been shown by Jesus and by the Father in heaven. It's a quote I love by Charles Stanley. It says, an eager anticipation of the Lord's return keeps us living productively. An eager anticipation of the Lord's return keeps us living productively. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to be productive, not for, not for what Rodney wants. I want to be productive for the kingdom of God, and I hope that is your desire as well. So we took a few minutes to look at the faithful servant, and we just looked at the wicked servant, but I think it's important to note the main character that most people overlook in this parable. See, because usually we focus on the two slaves, but rarely is much emphasis placed on the master himself. And so I want to take a few minutes and, 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 and remind you of a couple things that we know about the master from this parable. We know from verse 45 that he is a provider. He made provisions for his household by appointing a servant over his household and run his affairs while he was away. He was a provider. We also know from verse 46 that he bestowed blessings and rewards on the faithful servant. In verse 47, we see that he gave unmerited favor to the servant. Because now watch this. He set, he set him over his provisions, and he did not have to do that. He didn't have to do that. The slave's only obligation only duty is to be obedient. However, the master still set him over all his possessions. So what we see is not only favor, but we see the grace of the master, the grace of God here. And then in verse 51, we also see that he is both our judge and he is just. He is our judge and he is just. His response to the wicked servant in verse 51 is a response of righteous judgment. And so, as I begin to close here, the parable challenges us, in my opinion, to embrace and to remember three key and critical things. The first is this, remember who you are. Remember who you are. See, I believe this is what the faithful servant did, and undoubtedly, this fueled his faithfulness, remembering who he was. He was a slave to his master. And you and I, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, we've been bought with a price. If we're Christ, Christ followers, we've been bought with a price. So we are servants. We are slaves to King Jesus. And so it's important for you and I, if we're going to be faithful, if we're going to be watchful, if we're going to be ready, that we remember who we are. Scripture says that we are a chosen people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. Scripture says that we are above and not beneath. We are the head and not the tail. It's important for you and I to remember this because guess what? The world will try to tell us something different, won't they? So if we're going to be watchful and ready, the first thing we need to do is we need to remember who we are. Michael Green said this. He said, he, meaning God, is looking for servants he can rely on who will act in the same way when he is absent 
as when he is present. Ladies and gentlemen, not only is God watching, but the world is watching. And when you and I take the time to remember who we are, we're less swayed by the culture. We're less swayed by popular opinion. So readiness and faithfulness can be fueled by a remembrance of who we are. The second thing I want to share, not only is it important that we remember who we are, but we need to remember our task. We saw the faithful servant do this in our text today. He remembered the responsibilities that he was entrusted with by his master. He remembered his task, and he stayed faithful to the task. Acts 1, verse 7 and 8 say it this way. Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be, here it is, my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's your task. That's my task is to be a faithful witness, to be a faithful witness no matter where you are or what you're doing. At your Fortune 500 company, or whether you are at home raising your children. Be faithful to whatever it is that God is calling you to in this season. Right now, be faithful to whatever it is that God is calling you to right now. Because that's the best way to get ready for whatever God is calling you to next, to be faithful in this season. So we gotta remember who we are. We gotta remember that we're called and chosen to the task of being faithful witnesses. And then lastly, we need to remember his promise. We need to remember his promise. Now, to be clear, not just the promise of, of his return, but the promise of who he says you are, of who he says we are. God has said some wonderful things about who we are and what we are to do and his love and his grace and his favor for us. It's all in the book. And so if you and I are not just going to survive but advance God's kingdom in the earth, it is important to our faithfulness and to our readiness to remember the promises of God towards us. I don't know about you, but the promises of God excite me. They encourage me. And this is his desire for you and I. And not only is it God's desire, but it's important, it's critical for you and I in our effectiveness and our efficiency in what God has called us to in the earth. Remember his promise. Because as we faithfully seek him, we can be encouraged in the fact that he will never allow our faithfulness to go unnoticed. He'll never allow that. Because as the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, and as we learn today in our text, he is a rewarder of those that diligently and faithfully seek him. And so you and I, we need to embrace and remember who we are. We need to remember our task, and we need to remember God's promises. But before I go, I want to ask you this question. 
what will the Lord find you doing when he returns? Will he find you faithful and wise in both your responsibilities and your relationships? Or will he find you wicked, self-serving about your own agenda? Listen, I know that things get tough and life gets hard. Life gets challenging for all of us. But it's important that as we live this life, things we talk about today, remembering who we are, remembering our task, and remembering his promises, they help keep you and I encouraged. They help keep us faithful to the things that God has called us to. They help keep us from being self-serving. When I remember that I'm called and chosen to serve and advance God's kingdom, when I remember that my number one responsibility is to be a faithful witness, when I remember that God has promised, promised me things and he's promised that I am a certain type of individual, those things help me and they should help you to be a faithful and wise servant. But I think for all of us, and I hope you learned this today, that it's God's desire that we would stay alert, that we would be ready, and that ultimately, all of us, we would fix our eyes on Jesus. We will focus on faithfulness. Be encouraged today, family. God loves you, and his promise is to be with us always. To God be the glory. Let's pray together. God in heaven, thank you so much for stopping and reminding us today to be alert, to be watchful, to be ready. But God, you didn't leave us alone in that. But you gave us your word that's full of promises, it's full of encouragement, it's full of wisdom. All the things we need to do exactly what you're calling us to do, to be faithful witnesses. So God, I pray that you would help us, not just when times get rough and when times get hard, but help us to always remember who we are. Help us to remember to be faithful witnesses. Help us to remember your promises towards us. And help us, even when we're confused, even when we don't know what to do, even when we're fearful, when we're scared, to fix our eyes on you and focus on faithfulness. We love you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. If you would, no matter where you are right now, extend your hands for a benediction as we go.
May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Turn his countenance to you and give you peace. Have a great week, New City.